persevere throughout the course of the season. I've said it so many times, when you go through adversity and you just keep your head down, you keep working, you come through it, usually you're better for it. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Today when the Bill Michaels show began, Bill was telling me about his drive to lacrosse because he drove to lacrosse last night. He's broadcasting there today at our affiliate WKTY, and he's doing the huddle with our friends at Flipside Pub and Grill just on the north side of downtown tonight. So six to eight. If you don't have any plans tonight, get over there. We got fish tacos tonight, happy hour, three to six. We love Flipside. So Bill was telling me about his journey and how he had to white knuckle and the roads were a catastrophe. And then he got there and he finally could take a deep breath. And he had a couple of beers. He's like, oh, my God, it was just nice to get out of the car and relax. And I've been thinking all day. I was trying to think of what's what's the best possible beer you can have. You know, like, what's the situation that makes a beer taste the best? Like, what's the best beer that you can have? And I think what I settled on is the the post-move beer, right? When you spend all day emptying stuff into a truck, taking loads up and down the stairs, unpacking when you're, when you finally, when you've returned to the U-Haul, when things are safely in your apartment or new home and you can go, all right, I'm done. Let's have a beer. I seriously, I seriously think that's one of the greatest beers on a beach. Okay. Okay. Sure. If I could fly to Bali and sit on the beach and have a Corona, that would probably be a great beer. But in our, our everyday Jimmy's and Joe's average American work day, like that's the best beer you can have post move. Oh, oh, it's delicious. So I settled on that in my head, and then I wasted a bunch of time thinking about, like, okay, well, how could you, what would be the best night's sleep ever? And what I settled on is Brian Gudekinst this week. <laughs> That's the best night of sleep that anyone's ever had in the history of mankind. People have been uh, sleep-deprived for days. People have driven over-the-road truckers have driven for hours and hours on and finally stopped to rest their eyes. Mm-mm. Doesn't compare, doesn't come close to the sleep that Brian Gutekinst is getting this week, knowing that Aaron Rodgers is not his problem anymore, not his circus, not his monkeys. He's got a bunch of young players right now that aren't creating any drama. It's all about football. They made the playoffs. Brian Gutekinst is sleeping like a baby. If you could package up the sleep he's getting and sell it, you could charge hundreds of dollars for it, especially in America, because we can basically charge whatever we want for medicine. Nobody has ever slept better in the history of the world than Brian Gutekinst has slept this week. Something I was thinking about earlier today is uh, there's been a lot of Aaron Rodgers news. Not that we need to talk about it, but my mind has been with my fellow UWL Eagle, Brian Gutekinst, and how absolutely unbothered he has to be this week. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can follow me there. You can call the show starting in about 15 minutes if you want to join in on the conversation. I'll take your call. I'd love to. 608-321-1670. Real easy number. If you haven't saved it in your phone, just save it. Even if you're not going to call today, you never know when a certain topic or another caller or a guest might strike you. You might feel the need to contribute. Mike Renner going to be here at 530. If you're like, I know that name. Well, you might know Mike from a, a couple different places. Mike was at Pro Football Focus for a while. He is no longer. Now he does stuff with Underdog and Locked On. He's with The Messenger. You might also know him from his stint on The Bachelor. 
if you are a fan of reality TV, I'm sure some of you are. Tony in Texas comes to mind. I talked about Vanderpump Rules with Tony the other day. I think that was on, I think that was on Monday, which probably was dumb because it was the day after a, a big Packers win. But still, we, you know, we can we can have fun here and there, talk about dumb topics here and there. Mike Renner, more commonly known, uh, probably among viewers of The Bachelor, as Michael Long Hair. I don't remember what season he was on, but why I like Mike uh, upon, you know, very entertaining guest, very handsome looking guy as most men who go on the bachelor are, um, or bachelorette, I guess, I guess he would be on the bachelorette, right? Because they're courting the woman. It's the same thing. Let's be real. Um, he's really good at draft stuff. One of the best, really, really good at, at breaking down prospects, what they're good at, what they're bad at. So what I want to do with Mike at five 30 is go back to this last draft, the 2023 draft, and say, hey, what did you think about Jaden Reed? What did you think about Dontavian Wicks and Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave and Rasheed Walker and all these players that have really popped for the Packers? This great draft class, Carl Brooks, another one. Like, this has been an awesome draft for the Packers, especially with the skill position players, which is what I want to talk about mostly, because that's why this offense has been, pro- they've been prolific this year relative to the rest of the league. This is a top 10 offense by EPA per play. And they got a bunch of kids. So what makes these kids click, Mike Renner? What, what do you remember learning about Wicks and Reed and Kraft and all these guys that are really cooking for the Packers down the stretch? What did you think of them coming in? And Mike's a Packers fan. He's from Wisconsin originally. So we can, of course, talk about it uh, while putting on our, our green and gold glasses just a little bit. And I always love when I can do that with a guest. So Mike Renner, uh, he's going to join us at 530. I very much look forward to that. I want to start by talking big picture about Packers-Cowboys, which is coming up on Sunday. Now, I think as the week goes along, it's only Wednesday, right? So we're just barely now starting to switch into preview mode. During football season, Monday, Tuesday, we're reacting, right? And somewhere in Wednesday, maybe a very early Thursday, we switch to preview mode. Now we talk about the game that's upcoming. So we're just starting to switch into preview mode. And as we get closer to this weekend, tomorrow, Friday, we'll talk more specifically about this position and this coach. And, and we'll get into the weeds, the X's and O's and the trenches. We'll dig into all that stuff. But first thing that I want to say about Packers Cowboys is a big picture talking point. Right. And I want to talk about the idea that the Packers could go into Dallas this weekend, lose by multiple scores. And it's not a big deal at all. Just happy to be here. They've already succeeded just by making it to the playoffs, right? We heard that a lot. Now, where I first heard this line of thinking was on Colin Cowherd's postgame show on Sunday. He does with John Middlecoff. So I'm going to play you this clip. It's about 40 seconds long. And, and I play this for you just to kind of illustrate the, the ideology or the line of thinking that I want to talk about, right? Does that make sense? So I, I'm going to play you this. It's not that I agree with everything that he say. That's not, I'm not just playing you Colin Coward to play you Colin Coward. I'm playing you this because I want to talk about this line of thinking. Many have had this line of thinking. It's just that Colin has given me a handy 40-second clip to kind of outline this. If I remember correctly, there are no swear words in this. Please, Colin, be mature here. Here's the audio. I'm going to play it. Now. I think getting to the playoffs, you have to be so happy where Green Bay is. They found their quarterback. Their young receivers are twitchy and fun. Just getting to the playoffs is a win. And I think of all the playoff teams, the Texans and the Packers. Totally with you. They can lose by 20 this weekend. No one should frown. No one should be mad. And and they won't be. Green Bay, to go from Favre to Rodgers to what has potential to be just a 10-year, 15-year starting quarter, it never happens. I mean, the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life was Montana, Young, Garcia. 
the Packers defense looked good today. They were playing a quarterback who struggles. Uh, uh, Dallas, who was kind of on cruise control today, throws up 30 points with their eyes closed. So that's that's a matchup that, I mean, couldn't you see them losing by 20-plus points? I mean, that, that, that's going to be very, very difficult. So this is the line of thing that I, I want to talk about. The idea that the Packers could go in this weekend, they get blown out, and it's no big deal. Because the Packers have already accomplished what they set out to accomplish this season. Now, I think I, I think a lot of that is true, right? I think it is true, 100%, absolutely, that the Packers accomplished what they set out to accomplish this year. Figured out if Jordan Love is the guy. Check. Really started to rebuild the wide receiver and tight end position. Check, and then some. Right? That's that gone even better than we could have hoped. Right, I think we have clarity on the defensive coordinator and the future of the defense, I think. We also, and this is a storyline that got a little buried, but something that I remember talking about a bunch with Ben Kenny when I filled in on, on Bill's show 10-2 to 2 over the last year, especially when it became clear that Rodgers was leaving. This year was also about figuring out what we had in Matt LaFleur. So the Packers realized we got our guy in LaFleur, got our guy in Jordan Love, really on the right path with young skilled position players and turning over wide receiver, turning over tight end and offensive line to a degree too, because it found David Bakhtiari's replacement, you know, for the second or third straight year. Right. So I, I agree with what Colin Cowherd and John Middlecoff is saying there. They've accomplished this season, what they set out to accomplish. I'm also a firm believer that you're allowed to change your expectation in sports. When you watch more games and you get more evidence Right. And you get more information. So if I go into a season thinking, ah, if the Packers could go 10 and seven this year, I'll be happy. That would be great. And then we watch eight games and they're seven and one and they look unbelievable. Like, oh, this is a Super Bowl team. Okay. Well, now I'm allowed to change my expectations. Right. Now it's no longer 10 and seven is great. Now I'm thinking 13 wins, 14 wins, and playoff success. You're allowed to change your expectation. Right. Now, I'm not changing my expectation too much with this Packers team because they're nine and eight and they really only made it into the playoffs because the NFC is, is down. And because of that seventh playoff spot, which up until 2020, I believe didn't exist. So I, I'm, I'm not arguing that we should adjust our expectations and now believe that the Packers should all of a sudden win a couple playoff games because I, 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 I don't think that, I do want to make sure that Packers fans, Packers players, Packers coaches have the right frame of mind going into this playoff game. And when you talk about this playoff game, like, well, it's just a success to be there. They could lose by 20 and no one should be upset. They could lose by multiple scores. Not a big deal. Okay. You're pushing me a little bit. This ain't a field trip. This is a playoff game in the NFL against the Dallas Cowboys at 330 on Fox. This is an awesome opportunity. And you don't always get opportunities like this. This is not guaranteed. I think it's really risky in sports. And I, I think you're you're playing with the devil. You're flirting with fire just a little bit. When you start saying like, well, they're, they're ahead of schedule. Or or, or their future is, is, is bright. Oh, okay, sure. I, well, the Packers got a, a lot of young players. And I hope they get better. And I expect they'll get better. But Packers fans, especially, we've gotten so used to making the playoffs that we just assume that it's going to happen over and over and over and over again. And I hope that's the case. But I never want to minimize any opportunity to play in a playoff game. Right? I never want to downplay the importance and downplay how special a game like this weekend's game is. 
right? So while it's great that the Packers made the playoffs, and I think this season was successful even before they beat the Bears on Sunday, I certainly think it's a success now. I also hope these Packers players and coaches and everyone involved realize that, man, like, I know we didn't expect to be here. Uh, let me Let me take that back. Maybe the players did expect to be here. The media and fans and Sharps did not expect the Packers to be here. I know the Packers were not expected to be at this point. Let's put it that way. But now you've 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 made your bed. Now, now go sleep in it. Right now you have an opportunity to go play the Cowboys. So I I hope and and I and I believe that this is probably the case. But I but I hope that Matt Lafleur and these players see the awesome opportunity they have on Sunday to go in and at the very least put the fear of God into this Cowboys team. Like, go see if you can't win this damn game. Any other approach, I think, is disrespectful to the opportunity and it's disrespectful to the NFL, which is the biggest, most important, most prestigious league we have in American sports. Right? To, to think that, well, this playoff game, I mean, it'll be fun. It's a, it's a field trip, basically. Win or lose, we've already, we've already succeeded this season. Well, yeah, but, man, what, a, what an amazing opportunity. And to respect that opportunity and to take full advantage of that opportunity. I, I hope that Packers players and coaches are really thinking, let's go, let's go beat this team. Or at the very least, let's go put the fear of God into this Cowboys team to, to the point where they think they're about to lose. And Mike McCarthy's about to lose his job. And Dak Prescott's going into his next contract right off, off a really bad playoff loss. I hope the Packers players and coaches are, are taking a seize the day, seize the opportunity approach. You know, rather than what fans are saying. Fans, we're, we're a little different, right? We can speak about this in a little bit uh, different terms, right? But I, I, I see and hear a lot of talking heads, a lot of Packers fans saying they could lose by by multiple scores this weekend and and you shouldn't be upset. Well, I, I agree, but man, there, there are some teams that go years and years and years. Look at how long the Lions went without winning the division. Some of the, the playoff droughts that some of these teams have experienced. I just, I just want to make sure everyone realizes how special, how cool of an opportunity is for the Packers to be back in the playoffs, playing on this stage against this team. It's pretty cool. So I hope that while, yes, this season has already been a success, we've already accomplished what we set out to accomplish, and I say we because I'm an owner, the Packers have already accomplished this season what they set out to accomplish. I hope they seize this opportunity and they use this as yet another learning and growing experience. And I, I think in order for it to, to really be maximized for this opportunity to the Packers really take advantage of it. You got to go in there and you got to have some success. Have a moment in the second quarter where it's like, damn, could this team actually do it? Have a moment where you intercept Dak Prescott, where you sack him on a third and 10, and you have some moments where this feels like a legit football game. I really hope they go out here looking to seize the opportunity this weekend, and they don't really ascribe to the lines of thinking that we're hearing in the media or among Packers fans or owners like myself. 608-321-1670. I want to continue to, to begin to preview Packers Cowboys. I want to talk about some of these job openings too, because now Pete Carroll's out in Seattle. That's a massive shakeup, right? Especially if Pete Carroll wants to coach elsewhere. Now, all of a sudden, this prestige, this blue chip coach is all of a sudden available. And we got to factor that into this offseason, this coaching equation. So well, I, I know we talked about it briefly last night. We talked about some of these available jobs, which ones are best, which ones are worst. I want to talk a lot heavier, a lot hotter and heavier about some of these NFL coach openings on tonight's show. Of course, Packers, Cowboys as well. Love to take your call. 608-321-1670. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Wisco Sports Show. I am scrolling Twitter. I feel so oblivious. I feel so dumb. Nick Saban's retiring. News broke 14 minutes ago. So I'm ranting about... I, I sound like I sound like an old-time football coach. We, we got to make sure we appreciate this opportunity to coach, to, to play and to coach against Cowboys this weekend. This, this is not... This is not a what what is the what is the word I'm looking for? This is a privilege. This is not a right. You respect this opportunity to go down into Dallas and play the Cowboys. And meanwhile, while I'm up on my old man's soapbox, chaos is broken out because Nick Saban is retiring as head coach of the I tell you what, all of these coaches love college football. They love coaching kids. They love the they they love it. Saban, Harbaugh. But with the transfer portal and with everything that the college football is now added into the sport, what a mess! Like, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to do it. Um, I was listening to Colin Cowherd and Joel Klatt yesterday. They're like, imagine how popular college football could be if it was actually ran well. If we didn't take a month off before the most important games of the year. If if the biggest game wasn't played on a Monday night, right? Imagine if there was a governing body. And there was a schedule maker and any of this made sense and players couldn't up and leave in the middle of the season. Like imagine how popular and how easy and how fun college football would be. Yeah. Nick Saban saying, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go down to, to Key West. I wonder if Belichick will do the same. They're just going to go to Jupiter, Florida and, and fish together. Anyways, we can talk about this. I don't have much to tell you. I don't have much to say about uh, Nick Saban retiring. Pete Carroll also out today. The bears announced we're keeping him. We're keeping Matt Eberflus, which is bizarre, in a coaching cycle where Pete Carroll and Mike Vrabel have lost their jobs. The Bears are like, we like our guy. We're going to keep him. Okay. I, like, I don't think Eberflus stinks, but come on. 608-321-1670. Let's take some calls. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, Grant. Clemhead Mike. Clemhead Mike. Top of the evening, Clemhead. How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? You got the oldest and slowest guy batting lead off tonight. That's, uh, That's okay. kind of weird. <laughs> slow and steady wins the race you can set the pace for the rest of the show i love it yeah i don't want to slow down the show but uh, i was just uh, i have a uh, kind of a thing i thought of today a, a different point of view i was looking at the packers draft i have it up right now this year we've talked about this before i'm looking at we had 13 uh draft choices we've got van ness musgrave reed Kraft, wooden clifford wicks brooks carlson valentine we had nichols johnson Dubois. i i want to point out a uh, if I could vote, I would vote for uh, Gutekunst as uh, executive of the year. I'm serious. I know a lot, a lot of people wanted him gone earlier this year, but when you throw in the fact that he was the only one that had any kind of uh, faith in Jordan Love, when everybody else wanted him fired and you know burned and, and crucified for uh, picking uh, Jordan Love, I want to put in a, a plug for him for executive of the year. Seriously. I mean, look at how many of his rookie starters are playing. A significant time this year okay i i, I think uh people need people owe him an apology and uh i'd be the first to apologize for him i to him i think we uh owe him a, a debt of gratitude for what's happened this year this draft is unbelievable i mean they have guys offense and defense really chipping in at all levels and lucas van ness has really not even started to scratch the surface like when you have your first yeah. rounder who's a top 15 pick who who like barely like that's not even a part of this draft class excelling so far. Like that just goes to show what an impressive class it is. And also like, does he get credit for moving off of Aaron Rodgers when he did? Does that factor in? If, if you're building a case for exec of the year, do you get to use that? I think you should. I think you should. Absolutely. It's not just draft choices. It's, yeah. It's other stuff too, but 
great. Um, Didn't pay yeah, Alan Lazard, right? Another example. Right, and don't forget, I um, even, like I said, when I was in my forties, I could out bench press uh, Lucas Van Ness, so <laughs> that's always uh, I still have that going for me. But um, <laughs> makes you feel better. But yeah, yeah, I know we uh, we can't. Uh, I suppose we can't pick your brain right now. I, I'm going to watch tonight, but I. God, I'd like to know what your pick is going to be for the Detroit and the L.A. Rams you know, game. I, I think the Rams are going to club the Lions. I really do. Club? Uh, you think they're going to club them, Mike? I think this is going to be the that's going to be my second favorite game of the weekend. I, I really, I really can't wait to see that game. I, I, I really do. I think the well with um. I, oh shoot, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I need your your memory to pull me through this one. But okay, with the Detroit Lions tight end not playing and uh, oh Sam Laporta, yeah. Yeah, and Stafford's gonna come in there with the like this giant uh, six by six chip on his shoulder. He's gonna, he's got, he's gonna come in there. I think he's gonna destroy the Lions. I really do. Puka Nakua and I just, uh, I just think the Rams are, they're just damn good, Mike. And McVay is awesome. And Stafford, look, I am not the world's biggest Stafford guy. I think that's probably been clear if you've listened to this show with any regularity the last oh, couple yeah. of years. He's playing unbelievable football this year. He's been awesome. Uh, and Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua, absolutely the, the two of the rookies that have been making massive contributions this year. I think Rams, Rams, Lions, without the Matthew Stafford backstory is a really interesting game, right? But when you factor that in, it, I mean, there's just so many layers to this. I can't wait for this game. I think you're right on with yep. this, Mike. And don't, don't forget the greatest name in football, Cooper Cup. You know, that's... Uh, Cooper Cup. The Lions are in a little bit of trouble with this, uh, covering these receivers. I think it's going to be a... I, I, I honestly think... And, of course, I'll be wrong, but I honestly think they're going to come in and I think they're going to crush the Lions. And uh, I have nothing against the Lions, but I just think they're still the Detroit Lions. So Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is a uh, a fundamentally flawed quarterback. Mike, I appreciate you. I'm going to move along. You have an awesome yeah, night, okay? Talk to you later. Thank you. Yeah, Clemhead Mike up in Chippewa Falls. I, 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 this is, if I were to rank, I hadn't even thought about this. If I were to rank the games that I'm most interested in, I think this one might be it because, honestly, I think the Lions could beat anyone in the NFC. I think the Rams could do, like, I think the Rams could beat the Niners and the Cowboys. And I think the Lions could beat the Cowboys. I wouldn't pick them to beat the Niners, but they could. Like, the Super Bowl representative from the NFC could be coming out of this Detroit-LA game. And I think it's really, really, really interesting. Um, Would that be my favorite game of the Well, let's set Packers-Cowboys to the side. My favorite game, whatever the Steelers are doing, I, I don't need. The Chiefs-Dolphins, I can put that game on the back burner because I, w- I will tune in next week for, for, both of those, for both of those teams. If the Chiefs take care of the Lions and win and look good, it's like, okay, I'll see you in the division round, and then I'll know that I can take you seriously. If the Dolphins go in there, and beat the Chiefs in the cold, then I'll be like, all right, no, okay, well, now I'll pay attention live. This is like a, this is a qualifying game. This is like when you have to take a competency test to to get a certain job. Like, I will buy into and be interested in the winner of Chiefs-Dolphins when they advance and only when they advance. Because we have lots of evidence that either one of these teams could be fraudulent. I just have a hard time believing it's the team quarterback by Patrick Mahomes and coached by Andy Reid. I, I think the most interesting, I think I'm with Clemhead Mike. I think Rams-Lions is going to be the best game. And this would be an interesting game if you just factor in like the history of both of these teams, like the lions, how long they've gone without succeeding, how long it's been. And now they finally have a chance. 
The Rams won a Super Bowl two years ago, kind of fell off. We thought maybe it was over, and then they have an awesome rookie class this year. Stafford's playing great. McVay is so back. that They're on a collision course. And then, of course, the, the Matthew Stafford angle. I think I'm with Clumhead. Yeah, Rams-Lions, I think, is my favorite game of the weekend. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, Grant. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Happy Hump Day, Cone. Hump? What's going on? Uh, I got a Tony in Texas quick top five of best beers to drink. Okay. Number one, got to be post-move. Oh. I agree with you. The way my lease has always worked out is in the summer, you know, you got some cold beer in the fridge. Maybe some buddies helped you lift that couch up the stairs. Mm-hmm. You got to give them some beer. just tastes good. Yep, yep. Especially if you can drink with the people that helped you move, and it's something that collectively you're all looking forward to, I think it's the best beer you can have. Or certainly one of the best. One of the best, for sure. Yeah. Also on the list, number two, airport beers. You know, maybe your mm-hmm. flight's delayed. Maybe you get there a little early. Why not drink before your flight? Makes Love. the flight go by a little easier. You're a little more comfortable. You're ready to go on vacation. Love a good airport beer. That's a great decision. That's a great decision. Any time of day at the airport, really, from sunup until sundown, any time. It doesn't matter in the airport. Oh, yeah. Time doesn't exist. And then, you know, to finish off the list, three, I got after any yard work. You know, you're sweaty. Ooh, you're yeah. doing some mulch. Have a beer. Yep. It's going to taste good. Uh, number four, at a baseball game. Oh. Nothing better than at a baseball game, getting one of those 24-ouncers. You're forced to drink a little quicker because you don't want it to get warm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, washing down some of those peanuts with a cold Miller Lite, <clears throat> mouth is watering thinking about it. And then finally, Mine just, too. you know, post-Friday happy hour, going out with some coworkers, meeting up with some buddies after the work week, you know, shoot the crap, talk about whatever. Get ready for the weekend. Just a great feeling. I don't think you left any beers out of there. I like having a beer when I go skiing because then when I hit the slopes after warming up and having a beer, I feel the confidence to jump over and spin around and do all the things that I shouldn't do. Oh, I don't know if that's safe. Like, I don't know that, but it is, that is a delicious beer. When you've been outside and you've been skiing, you come into the chalet and you get a, you get a nice can of, of whatever in your hand. Maybe it's probably something a little more artsy IPA ish. Cause you're in a ski chalet. And then you go back out with just no fear of anything on the slopes. I'll honorable mention a ski beer too. I like a good ski beer. Agreed. But I also agree with your point. Can't be drinking any domestics on the ski hill. You got to go local, you know, Colorado, they got millions of breweries, you know, you gotta, you gotta give it something. I like that. I like that. Maybe, you know, you have your beach beer. The boat with Jimmy Buffett playing is pretty elite. But, I mean, now now we're just getting it. I mean, we could come up. Every beer is great, really. But I think your top five is pretty – I like that a lot. Yeah, and I also liked your take about the Packers. You know, people are saying that, you know, they checked all the boxes on this season. I don't necessarily agree with that because, you know, most kids start crawling around, I don't know, six, nine months. If they can already crawl, why not – try to have them walk you know we don't need to wait another oh well they're not going to be ready to walk for another three months they're ahead of schedule yeah yeah right so you know packers i'm expecting a win and i'm honestly going to be a little upset if they lose you're expecting well i'll be upset if they lose like let's all let's all look around and and be 100 percent honest with each other that if the packers lose to the cowboys we're going to be bummed doesn't mean it's the end of the world right like the packers losing to the bucks or the seahawks in the nfc championship game you know, a couple times over the last decade, we'll be bummed. I just think as we get a little bit more removed and we head into the offseason, we'll feel pretty darn good about the direction of the team. I want to see them go in there and put up a fight. And I want to see Jaden Reed and Wicks and Kraft and Musgrave and Love look like they're ready for that stage and they're ready to compete. Might not have the experience or the skill yet, 
So it could be, but I want that. I want to see the mindset and I want to see the approach and the attitude be there. And, you know, I think they got it. And I think Jordan Love's got that approach. I think he's, you know, a little cocky, maybe not cocky, but confident. Yeah. Um, I saw the hype video they put out for the, the playoffs. That got my blood boiling. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go, too. Uh, Badgers play tonight. You see Purdue went down last night, Cone? Purdue being in the top three and losing? No, no way. Really? <laughs> that, was, that was the perfect answer. Uh, yes, and then Bucks Celtics tomorrow night. I, I'll stick with Badger basketball for now. They at least like they look like they want to play basketball when they're out on the court. Sorry, I like that. So I'm I'm riding with the Badgers right now. The Bucks can take a back seat. I hate to say it, but it comes down to coaching at the end of the day. And you know, Greg Hart or Adrian Griffin, who you taking? <laughs> That's not hard. Yeah, give me not guard. Quite. Give me guard. I, I, yeah, give me guard every day of the week. Appreciate you, Cone. Thanks for the top five. Tip of the cap to Tony. That was great. Yeah, thanks, Grant. And maybe a Badger basketball space tonight, or what, what are we thinking? Ooh, well, I have the Bill Michaels huddle. The Badgers play at 730 tonight, right? Correct. So I get home, or uh, we might have to do some Badger basketball spacing tonight. Put up, put out the, the, the Luke Fickle bat signal. Let's get uh, Cone. We'll get uh, Kurt. We'll get Ben. Rally the troops tonight. I, I'm Yes, I'm all in for this. All right, let's go. Go Badgers. Go Hell Packers. Yeah. Hell yeah. Go Go Greg Gard beat Dallas. Thank you. That's Cone Roller. Um, <laughs> Purdue. For a second, I thought he didn't know that Purdue lost last night. But Purdue being highly ranked and losing? No. Matt Painter would never. Couldn't happen. Nebraska's gotten, well, they beat Indiana really bad the other night. Indiana basketball Twitter was so pissed off, I actually learned that Indiana basketball Twitter existed. That's how bad it was the other night. Is it showed up on my radar. And I've never went to look for, like, Mike Woodson takes on Twitter before. But I got him the other night. Let's take one more call, and then we'll take a break. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Yeah, that's Paul up in Eau Claire. First time, long time. Hell yeah, Paul up in Eau Claire. Hey, did you guys not get that much snow? My parents live up that way. They said they barely got enough to cover the ground. We got got hammered about 2.2 inches. Yeah, just big time. Man, it was insane <laughs> for this year. I'll yeah. Tell you what. Oh my God. Okay. Well, enough. Enough small talk. Now we've gotten to to, to uh, know each other a little bit, Paul. What do you think? Yeah. Hey, I just tuned in here. Did you hear about uh, that Fruit Loop Aaron Rodgers getting canceled on Pat McAfee? Is so, this true? Okay. So I'm Paul. I don't know what to do with this because. Andrew Marshad, who writes for the Post, he's as connected as anyone in sports media, wrote a story today that said it was the plan. Rodgers was going to continue all the way through the playoffs and that, and that him not coming on from here on out is a departure from the plan. And then, and then I went back and I listened to the end of the interview and McAfee's like, have a good offseason. So I, I can't decide if, if, hmm. if this is like a cancellation and Rodgers is no longer coming on or if this is being dressed up as we're not doing it anymore. It was also the plan, but we want to kind of seem like we're setting a tone. I, I don't know, but Bill and I talked about it earlier today. I don't know what to make of it, Paul. Yeah, I watched that yesterday, and, and I could see A.J. Hawk and McAfee there. As Rodgers is talking, they, they just got these eating, blank-eating grins on their face. They're like, okay, guy, are we, are we doing this? <laughs> I well, think they just had enough, you know? Well, he went on for, it was almost a half hour. Where And I think Rodgers like, Rogers coming into the the interview, he had good intentions. He's like, I want to say my piece, and then we're done, and I want to move on. And then thirty minutes later, right? Then they move oh. on to talk about something else. I I just don't know how much uh, that McAfee's core listenership wants to hear this. 
Like, I don't know how many yeah. McAfee, li- they listen every day, they love the show. I don't know that they love Aaron Rodgers Tuesday anymore. So I could totally see why Pat McAfee's like, we don't need, we don't need this every week. Yeah, and I think McAfee's sick of getting reamed on yeah. the following day. Yes. Or stuff like that. I would be if I was him. I would be getting sick yeah. of it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think, he don't, he don't need Rodgers anymore. He's, you know, no. the guy's going to retire in a year or so, whatever. No, I have, have a good retirement. So. Yeah, have a good, have a good retirement. I, I don't know, Brian. How unbothered Paul is Brian Gutekinds this week? He's got to be just as mentally as relaxed as he's ever been. He's like, thank God that this is not no. something that I have to worry about this week. Yes, I do look forward to a Rogers free playoff. No choking, uh, <laughs> hopefully, and uh, God willing, we'll only lose by a little bit or win by seven. I don't know. God, it would be fun to beat the Cowboys. How mad would the rest of the NFL be if the Packers just sub in Jordan Love this year, make the playoffs, and beat the Cowboys in round one? I'd be like, are you kidding me? Packers fans shouldn't have it this good. It'd be beautiful. We always know Big Mike is good for a choke, too. So I like Big Mike, but you know, he can. He can. You he just, can choke one off. Let's so we'll just see. fudge some clock management down the stretch and throw us a bone, Mike. See if we can't make anything happen with it. That's what I'm hoping. For sure, for sure. Well, hell yeah. well uh, thanks for taking the call. I'll uh, I'll check in again. Yeah, hell yeah, Paul. Appreciate you listening up at WAYY Sports Talk 105.1. And drive safe. Yeah. <laughs> My dad texted me. He's like, you barely got enough to cover the ground. Which for years, like, I lived in La Crosse. My parents live about two hours north. And La Crosse never gets snow. Like, La Crosse... <laughs> It would get windy, and it would get cold sometimes, but never snow. Anytime we'd have a forecast, 6 to 10, I'd be like, all right, so we're going to get an inch and a half. I'll get out my push broom. I don't even need a shovel. Um, but lacrosse, and certainly Madison, like the southern half of the state, got a lot more snow, and I think up, up north around Eau Claire, just, just enough to cover the ground, just, to, just enough to make it look pretty. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back, continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you listening, hanging out tonight. Now, the Wisco Sports Show is done at 6 o'clock. We're not finished for the evening. I might be done, but we're not finished. The Bill Michaels Huddle will start. He's live in lacrosse tonight. He's at Flipside. Our friends at Flipside Pub and Grill, great sponsors of this show and uh, helped send us to spring training last year, which we might have some irons in the fire. We might be lining up a 2024 trip down to Maryvale. Maybe Flipside looking to help us out again this year. So we love Flipside. Bill's there live tonight doing the huddle from 6 to 8. Uh, they got the best happy hour in lacrosse. I can speak to that directly, 3 to 6 every night. Um, but Wednesday night is fish tacos, so go take advantage of that. And listen to Bill. I listen to Bill every day, but I never get to do it in person. So I wish I could be there. Uh, also, I just love being in lacrosse. Breaking news during Bill's show earlier today, we learned that Pete Carroll was out head coach of the Seahawks. We got a statement from ownership. Jody Allen, I believe, Paul Allen's uh, wife, the late Paul Allen's wife. I almost said uh, Paul Allen's late wife, but then that would mean I think that she's the one that's passed, right? So we learned earlier today that Pete Carroll's out, and then Jody Allen put out a statement that said, he's moving into an advisory role. I'm like, um, are we sure he still doesn't want to coach? I feel like Pete Carroll... He does not look, what is he, 72? He does not look 72. 
And at every given opportunity at the at the podium during a press conference the last couple of weeks, he's been like, I, I'm not ramping down. I'm ramping up. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm planning to keep coaching. Absolutely. So I am not convinced that Pete Carroll is just going to go quietly into the night and get an office upstairs and, you know, work 35, 40 hours a week. I don't mm, can't see it. I don't know. We also got breaking news about a half hour ago. Then Nick Saban is retiring. He's not going to coach Alabama anymore. Now, Mike Renner tweeted this. He's coming up. He's going to join us at 530, but the tweet made me laugh. He tweeted, as dumb as this is going to sound, I just assumed Nick Saban would coach Alabama forever. Like, I never envisioned a future where I was alive and he wasn't Bama's coach. And I quote tweeted that at Wisco Grant. I said, this is exactly how I felt. I felt the same about Jimmy Buffett being alive. Like, I never envisioned a future where I was alive and Jimmy Buffett was not. Like, that just didn't make sense. I just assumed he was going to be there forever. And now he's not. And now Nick Saban is not coaching the Crimson Tide, which I, I guess is equally disruptive to folks' brains as Jimmy Buffett just not being on this planet anymore. Uh, Mike Renner, I want to talk Packers with Mike. He'll join us at 530. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can call the show if you'd like, 608-321-1670. We have job openings for the Washington Commanders, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, Tennessee Titans, Los Angeles Chargers, and now the Seattle Seahawks. And we got a lot of reporting today from Schefter and Rappaport and everyone that tweeted out the news of Pete Carroll not being coached the Seahawks anymore. Everyone also then followed up that news with the news of Seattle really likes Dan Quinn. They've put in a request to interview Dan Quinn. Certainly seems like they're leaning toward Dan Quinn like they want it. Like they really want Dan Quinn, it seems. Otherwise, I don't know why every insider would have that piece of information, and that information is immediately following the Pete Carroll reports. You know what I mean? So it seems like Dan Quinn is on the short list. He might be the only man on the list for Seattle. And I asked this to Bill earlier today. I, I, I think that this is important. You know, timing is is really important for these sports leagues. Like, I think baseball has a timing problem in that free agency and the offseason, the hot stove is spread out between months. It's not contained to a window. So we can't sit down and go all in on baseball and all the transactions because they're so few and far between, right? And instead of this blazing fire of entertainment transactions, there's little sparks flying every couple of weeks. You know, and it's really ever hard to get that excited about baseball because it's spread out. It's a timing issue. I- I've had a, a timing issue with college football just as I feel like I'm starting to get my arms around all these teams and all these players and all the new faces that came in in the portal and freshmen. Then the season shuts down for what feels like a month and a half from Thanksgiving weekend to New Year's Day. It's like, why do we have... That's a timing issue. I think the NFL, the way that coaches are fired and hired, I think there's a little bit of a timing issue. Wouldn't it be better if all of this waited until after the Super Bowl? Right? For a lot of different reasons. Number one, like a a coach that is fired or a team that fires a coach now has an advantage over a team that's maybe in the play. Like Mike McCarthy could get fired. I think it's unlikely, but it could happen. And if the Cowboys fire Mike McCarthy, they are now two, three weeks late to a market that opened for Washington, Carolina, Atlanta weeks before. So all of a sudden, Dallas is a great job, but some of the best candidates have already come off the board. And I 
I mean, I mean, I guess maybe it's a competitive balance thing. We assume that you're firing your coach on Black Monday if you stink. So maybe teams that stink should get first dibs on coaches. But I, I don't know. They already get first first dibs on draft picks. Do we really need that much competitive balance? I, I don't know. I also think that it hurts playoff teams. Like Dan Quinn is going to be fielding interview requests. And his mind is going to be distracted with what comes next instead of being a part of this really special Dallas team that's going to try to contend and, and try to win a Super Bowl. So I, I wonder if at some point in the future we don't a- arrive with some sort of agreement, some sort of date after the Super Bowl, you know, but but then again, like coaches that are out of it, they, they want to get a head start. It, it's very messy. Maybe there is no solution, but the timing is weird. Definitely a timing issue. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show, who's this? This is Vinny Grant. Vinny, what's going on, Vinny? Yeah. Why can't why can't the Bears do that? Why can't they fire their coach? Jesus, it man, is what a dysfunction. What a dysfunctional organization. They fire, but they fire. They fired the offensive coordinator. They mm-hmm. fired the quarterback coach. They fired the tight ends coach. Just pull the trigger, man, and fire what's his name and. I can't even pronounce his name, and I'm happy I can't. So, Vinny, but, uh, I, I don't think Matt Eberflus is a bad coach. I think he's fine. I, but I think Pete Carroll, Mike Vrabel, those are fine or good coaches, too, and still their team decided it doesn't make sense anymore. The Bears should yeah, be able to, to admit two things. Like, Eberflus is fine. He's not the problem, but we should also probably get a new coach. Yeah, but but hasn't he been their offensive coordinator at the same time? And and that offensive – that. Even that final that final drive the pack had, I think they were three. They were uh, third and eight, and if they would have stopped them, they would have had a chance to to steal the victory. Mm-hmm. And his defensive scheme, even on that final play, I, I, I looked at a screenshot of it. It was ridiculous. They were so far off them, and they almost they they flushed they flushed Love out of the pocket, but they weren't. He still had plenty of time to pick up to, to throw that pass and get the first down and keep the drive alive and alive and. It's just I I just I don't I don't have any faith in uh, in him as a coach and I I think that Fields is if they and if what is, what is he going to be on his fourth offensive coordinator? Yeah, if he's even around, you know they yeah, they they, they could take mean. a quarterback I mean, too. And also, Vinny, like, what's the pitch to bring in a great offensive coordinator? It's like, hey, I barely kept my job. We're hanging on by a thread over here. Do you want to move <laughs> your whole family to Chicago and work with me? Like, that's kind of a tough yeah. sell. Yeah, yeah, they're they're. Uh, you need Virginia to move on and, and leave it to the kids. Have the kids say, we don't want to do this anymore and have someone come in that knows what the heck they're doing. Well, what do you mean by move yeah. on? <laughs> well, no, Retire? You know what I mean. How old is she? Yeah. 103? How old is she really? Do you know? Yeah, she. I think she's 100. Jesus. I think that she, she's 100 or 101. She just had a birthday. It was on. It was on the news, I think. Happy but, uh, happy birthday, Virginia! Sorry, yeah, your team still so sucks. I, yeah, and I don't and I don't want Kay, I don't want Caleb Williams either. He's he's he reminds me too much of that goofball in New York right now. Oh. You know, his father wants his father wants to entertain ownership of the team he goes to. I I don't know, <laughs> but I don't want him. There is a lot of noise with Caleb Williams. I got you. And, and Vinny, I got to take a break. Trust me, I, I'm in lockstep with you. Even as a Packers fan here, I, I hear where you're coming from. All right, buddy. Yeah, have a good one. That's Vinny. I I just think that it's it's funny in an offseason where Mike Vrabel and Pete Carroll lose their jobs. Not because they can't coach, but because they no longer fit the timeline of their organizations. 
or because they're looking to go in a different direction or they're looking to change quarterbacks so they want a clean break, whatever. There were logical, logistical, team-building, front office reasons why Mike Vrabel and Pete Carroll were let go. But I, I believe there to be the same logistical, logical front office reasons to also move off of Matt Eberflus. Like, Pete Carroll was not fired because he's a bad coach. Mike Vrabel wasn't fired because he's a bad coach. I don't think Matt Eberflus is a bad coach. I don't think he's a great coach. I think he's fine. But, I, I man, <laughs> I'm sorry, Bears fans. I don't think Eberflus is the problem, but I look at him. That guy's not the solution. Look at him. Looks like the guy who sits by who sits three rows behind you at 8:30 mass on Sunday morning and like you don't really know his name like he just look at him. That that guy is not the guy to take you to the promised land. He's also not the guy holding you back but like god the bears just do everything so so poorly. Let's take a break. 3 minutes we'll come back wrap up our number 1 of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Got to take a two-minute break. Come back for our number two. Bill Michaels Huddle. A little bit more than an hour away. Mike Clemens to join us at 630, the latest from Green Bay. Sounds like the team's pretty healthy. I think I saw some tweets earlier. Look like A.J. Dillon was the only one to miss practice today. Tremendous. Looking forward to Packers Cowboys. Looking forward to talking with Mike Renner. He's going to be here at 530. I have some very specific Packers things I want to ask him. He's going to make us smarter as we get ready for Packers Cowboys. Hour number two, Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next, stick around. Persevere throughout the course of the season. I've said it so many times. When you go through adversity and you just keep your head down, you keep working, you come through it, usually you're better for it. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Bill Michaels Huddle, one hour away. Mike Renner, half hour away. Mike Clemens, an hour and a half away. My God, what a loaded next couple of hours. Badgers play Nebraska, as Zach said in that update. Eloquently, I might add, Zach, outstanding work. Appreciate you always. I'm pointing out the Badgers, the only unbeaten team in conference play. And I will knock on wood as I say that, just for a little bit of good luck, but... There's no such thing with luck in Greg Gard, baby. This team is deep. This team can score. This team hasn't even really needed Connor a siegeon yet. I love this team. Can't wait for tonight. And I'm glad they played 730 because I'll have something to watch while we're doing the Bill Michaels huddle. God, what am I just going to, what am I going to do? Sit here and be alone with my thoughts? It's not something that my generation is uh, capable of. It's not something my generation likes to do. You know, last night, I'm, I'm sitting at home. And I had Sports Center on the TV on mute. I had Sports Talk Radio in my earbuds. I had my laptop open. I was working on the show. I need at least two or three screens. I need the big screen on as 
ambience. I need the small screen providing the audio to my ears, and then I need my medium screen. That's actually where I'm doing my work. Unless, of course, I need a little uh, breather for two minutes to reward myself for getting work done. Then I'll pull my small screen back out. Scroll Twitter. It's how my, my generation spends their, their leisure time. <laughs> Multiple screens at once, baby. This is this is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Uh, first-time caller, Paul up in Eau Claire earlier. How about that? He didn't sound like a first-time caller. Sound like a seasoned veteran. Uh, he did mention that there was some Aaron Rodgers news today. There's not really much for me to gain by talking about Aaron Rodgers. I think we all know the situation. We all have our opinions. One of my favorite things to do with my opinion is to keep it to myself. I think that, I think that's something we, we don't do nearly enough of in this country. We have an amendment in our Constitution. I think it's an amendment. Actually, it's probably just written in there. I don't know if it's an amendment. It might be an amendment where we have the secret ballot box. where We don't have to tell people and nobody gets to ask us who we voted for. It's like the greatest. They wrote it into our Constitution. What an amazing thing. And we don't take advantage of it. We always got to be sharing our opinion. What if we just keep our opinions to ourselves? Wouldn't that be great? Paul and up at Eau Claire uh, did point out that Aaron Rodgers is now done on the McAfee show for the rest of the season, which <laughs> Jets execs are probably like a couple weeks too late. We could have we could have maybe cut this off before the feud with Jimmy Kimmel started. Could have saved everyone uh, a big PR headache, both at ESPN and with the and with the Jets. Um, no one is sleeping better right now. No one has ever slept better in the history of the world than Brian Gutekunst has been sleeping this week. I mean, that head hits the pillow, and he's he's got uh, that that grin is going ear to ear as he falls asleep. Joe Douglas and the Jets, like, oh, what are we gonna do about this? Brian Gudikins is like, not my circus, not my monkeys. Appreciate Paul and Eau Claire, first-time caller. Let's take some more calls. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Grant, how are we doing? Vagabond John, I am well. How are you this evening? It's a a Badger Wednesday. Had to double dip on the morning show, and I was sitting here thinking to myself, I haven't really tuned into the Wisco Sports Show. So I tuned in, you hit a commercial break. And I'm like, all right, commercial break. I'll flip over to the bad guys just to see what they're, uh, they're discussing. And all of a sudden, I hear another fellow caller in our community on calling. Was it Ed? Evil guy. It was Ed, it was wasn't it? Ed. I will not. I will not give this person the uh, the uh, I don't know the cred and mention their name on air. Oh, but I it? hop on, and they're talking about how the Dallas Cowboys have 17 players picked in the first three rounds. I'm like, okay, there's no way in hell anybody else made a spreadsheet and figured this out yesterday. So I won't name the caller, but I am happy to see that the Vagabond John takes are spreading to other networks, even though I'm not calling them. What show, what, what show, what show was it? Which one? I can't, I can't even tell. It's one that's on right now. Well, um, there's a little network that doesn't like uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, well, like ESPN. I don't even know who's on ESPN Madison. I'm going to be 100% honest. All right. Who, yeah, it wasn't Ed Madison. Like- I hear Ed Madison calling other shows. And I. And by the way, the way this works, I'm allowed to listen to other shows because I'm doing market research. I, I'm, I'm doing the Connor Stallions. I'm scouting my opponents, right? You all, come on. Let's have some loyalty here. Vagabond John, I, you know, we'll talk about that. But I hear Ed, I hear Ed Madison call other shows all the time. I, 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 don't, even, I don't even know what to do with that guy sometimes. <laughs> the only guy I'll call sometimes late night, or I guess not even late night anymore. I guess now maybe I'll be calling Bart late night, but uh, I'll, I'll call the JR Sport Brief show once in a while because that dude 
That dude's a smooth talker, man. That, you that, like that guy's got a voice for radio for sure. For sure. And I he's better looking than you would think, too, if you ever see the picture. He's, he's got a voice and a, he doesn't have a face for radio. He's just got a nice, he's a good looking guy. Oh, yeah. But uh, enough about that. We do have a massive uh, Badger game tonight, and I couldn't be more excited. The surprising thing to me is that the Badgers are not favored. Um, that I don't really understand. So if you're, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a rowdy razor type guy. I don't do a lot of sports betting. But when I see my team not favored I, and in a position where I feel like they absolutely should be, Ohio State hasn't played anybody. People will look at the record and be like, oh, what the heck? I'm like, well, they haven't beat a ranked team yet. Wisconsin is so battle-tested. Isn't that fun, Grant? We're sitting here in January, and this team's beat Marquette. They went toe-to-toe with Tennessee. Right? Virginia. I mean, you guys have really played some incredible games, and it's only January. Yeah, they beat Virginia. I mean, they it's like last year, except last year they fell off. <laughs> they they had all those good wins and then they immediately started playing. So maybe Vegas, maybe that's what Vegas is is expecting, or maybe that's why the money's coming in the way that it is. Maybe it's the fact exactly. that they're on the road and and they've played a couple big ten opponents so far at home. I, I I don't know. Maybe they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. We'll see. And Grant, if we were in the same position at any point in the last six years and you would have said, Bagamon John, what are you thinking about this Badger team? And I'm like, guys. Just wait for that shoe to drop, and I'd be Eeyore, right? I'd be Ben Kenny out here telling you to be sad about life. But uh, the difference this year is the depth. Yeah. The fact that Connor Seijin is not going to get big minutes. He's going to come off the bench. He's going to be fresh the entire game. The fact that um, Carter Gilmore doesn't have to play 18 minutes a game. I am so <laughs> excited by this team that they're so battle-tested. It's the middle of January. And they've got a premier matchup on the road. I mean, if you I get it if you're not a huge college basketball guy, but tune into this team, man. We were all so excited to watch Dame and the Bucks all regular season. And I was saying, you know, man, I can't wait. This is gonna be the first time I'm gonna tune into regular season NBA. And that show has stuck. And all along, the show the Badgers, I mean, they are a show. If you like watching dunks, tune into the Badgers. So can't can't wait for the game. Excited. Let's keep this train rolling. Hell yeah. Love that bag amount, John. And you can listen to other shows, but let's, you know, t- tell me what you hear. If, if there's anything I need to hear when you're doing market research, let me know. And, and if you guys are, if you guys are stealing my takes, that's fine. We can spread the Joe Barry love around, but at least cite your source. There's, there's plenty to spread. Appreciate you, Vagabond John. Go Badgers. <laughs> yeah, enjoy the game tonight. Maybe just maybe a little post game Twitter space going. Yeah. Ed Madison loves to call other shows. Look, <laughs> loves to call other shows but hey ed you can spend your free time any way you want to spend it it's fine it's just i notice people notice ed and people are going to wonder people are going to draw their their own their own conclusions about what you're about how committed you are to this community i digress 608-321-1670 let's go sports show who's this Man, I am so committed to this community. It's crazy. <laughs> thank man. you Madden Cross Plains. That's I what cannot. I that's what i needed to hear. Thank you. I can, and for one, I will never steal Vagabond John's takes. I'll just uh, let him know how good his martinis taste when he mixes them up good. But it's been a while since I've been out there. But anyway, all I wanted to talk about was what Vince was talking about. Like, the Bears are so dumb. Like, they've already played their hand by firing their offensive coordinator, their receivers coach. So they basically told you what they're going to do in the draft. And you think I, so? Oh, yeah. I mean, why, why would they put – Justin Fields through that again. They're starting fresh. They have their head coach 
he's going to hire some new people that are going to work with whatever quarterback they draft, probably, you know, USC's guy, but, you know, it could be Drake May, it could be Michael Penix, we don't know, you know, but they, I'm pretty sure they played their hand and uh, by firing those guys right away and not even waiting around to uh, see what happens, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems the way they're going, and that's a total Bears move, and it's, it's sad, but, you know, once again, we're thankful to have them in our division, and we'll continue dominating them no matter what. So. All these jobs have a yin and a yang. Matt, there's a for every like the Chargers. Ooh, yeah, good quarterback. Go coach Justin Herbert. But then also they have no fans and culture kind of sucks. And I also think they might be cursed. Right. Uh, like like a team like Atlanta, a lot of great players don't have a quarterback. Right. So there's good and there's bad. And, and with the Bears, if I'm an offensive coordinator and Matt Eberflus calls me right, the pitch is, hey, you get to come install your offense and work with Caleb Williams. Wow. Like, that's a good pitch. But then the other half, the the yang to the ying is, well, I also almost lost my job this offseason, and if next year doesn't go well, I'm out, which means you would be out too. So that's a difficult pitch to a prospective offensive coordinator that would come in and, and need to replace Luke Getze. Correct, yeah, and it's all about consistency in the NFL, isn't it? Like, I mean, you, gotta, you look at the teams that are successful, they stay consistent in either A system or either B whatever coaches they keep, you know? And the one time... Packers had a coach for one year that was Ray Rhodes and they realized that was a mistake and uh, look what happened they hired uh, you know Mike Sherman and then to Mike McCarthy and these guys have coached for a long time you know even though they had a losing season here or there and stuff didn't always work out but they've sustained the success and uh, we're going to continue to sustain that success and uh, no matter how many first round draft picks say Bon John we have on the defensive side of the ball uh, you know, we're gonna we're just gonna continue with the success. You know, keep keep it consistent, Grant. Just like calling your show and not calling one hundred point five. You know, and talking to those guys. Speaking of uh, speaking of sustaining success, if McCarthy loses in the divisional round, or if McCarthy loses to the Packers, is is he gone? Is he out? Uh, I think maybe it's a fifty fifty toss up with Crazy Jerry running the show. But uh, we were talking about that with the three twelve win seasons. Uh, yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. Good back, takes. Back, yeah, yeah, back when the Packers were out of the playoffs, I was hoping that the Cowboys would win for Big Mike, but now obviously I hope uh, we, we beat the crap out of them. So let's go. Hell yeah. Appreciate you, Matt. Thanks. Yeah, going, Talk yeah, you as well. Right. Matt and Cross Plains. I, uh, if the Cowboys beat the Packers, I think I'm, I'm pulling for the Cowboys. I was coming in. I want to see this Cowboys team do something in the playoffs. I'm so sick of it being the Niners or the Eagles. If it's the Lions, that'd be fine, too. Like, I, I'm down with the Lions. Lions, Cowboys, both either. Something different, something fun. Um, but that, that might... I might change my mind if the Cowboys beat the Packers this weekend. Like, I might... Uh, I might change my change my song on it really quick. I'm going to get a quarter and a half into this game and be like, God, I hate Dak so much. I hate this Cowboys team so much. Even though I've really enjoyed watching them this season. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Matt and Eau Claire. Matt and Eau Claire from Cross Plains up to Eau Claire. Matt, what's up? Oh, you know, I am just 
so ecstatically hyped for this playoff game. Oh, it's great. It's it's America like, distilled into a football game. Packers, Cowboys, Fox, 330. That, that's it. Uh, that's as good as it gets, Matt. I'm, I'm so stoked, like, for so many reasons. Like, the fact that Jordan Love finally blossomed, which I was excited about because I drafted in my fantasy league. Not a boy. Um, and then this team just coming along. They made the playoffs. They swept the Bears. Oh, that is just like chef's kiss right there, sweeping the Bears every season. And now they get to march into AT&T Stadium with nothing to lose. Oh, my gosh. I'm so stoked for this game. The Cowboys, they had everything to lose. McCarthy's job. Is Dak elite? Is Jerry Jones even going to live for another season? The Packers are like, nah, we got nothing to lose. Let's go shock the world. I'm so stoked for this game, Grant. I'm so stoked. It's awesome. Oh, my God. I'm amped. Matt, this rule, I'm just, because another thing about this game is so great, you're going to turn it on and and you're going to see the screen and you're just going to go, hell yeah. Cowboys in their whites, Packers in their green and gold playoff atmosphere like it's just uh, and that stuff does matter like that's part of the reason why Packers Chiefs was so great is the history and the scene at Lambeau like that matters this is theater this is television at the end and Packers Cowboys is just oh it's gonna rip I got a good feeling I was talking to a co-worker and he was like you know what I'm cautiously optimistic and I was like no 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 I'm recklessly optimistic let's just let's just prove something on Sunday you know like making the playoffs, that's the cherry on top. If we're able to win a playoff game against McCarthy and the Cowboys, oh, that's like having your cake and eating it too. Like this is just this is so exciting for me. I've been riding this high for the last seventy two hours since they punched their ticket and I'm I'm gonna ride it all the way through Sunday night. Like this is awesome. Hell yeah. Matt, I appreciate this. Thanks for the call. Call back sometime. This is great. Right. Oh yeah. Oh one more one more one more thing. Yeah. Um Eberflus? Yeah, no. You shouldn't hire a guy with a name like Eberflus. That sounds like something you cough up out of your lungs. It does. You know I mean? so. Sounds like a health problem. And look at him. He looks sickly. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think he looks lost and confused. Like, I think he's in his headset. Like, what place should we call next? And everyone's like, you're the coach. You pick. And he's like, I don't know. So, I don't know. What do you guys want to do? Yeah, Eberflus would not be my guy. I appreciate you, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for listening up in Eau Claire. W-A-Y-Y. Again, I don't think Eberflus is a bad coach. I think he's fine. But there have been much better coaches let go this offseason, including Pete Carroll earlier today, because they no longer fit the timeline of their team. Matt Eberflus doesn't fit the timeline of this team anymore. Like, he's going to have to bring in an offensive coordinator. It's really difficult to bring in an offensive coordinator or any coordinator into a staff that might be a lame duck staff. It's like, hey, we're coaching for our job next year. You want to you come be a part of it? It'll be fun. Did I mention you get to live in Chicago? You get to move your family here? Like You get to coach Caleb Williams or, you know, insert quarterback name here. And that's great. Uh, but you also might get to only do it for a year if it doesn't go well. So who wants in? Like, that's that's a tough pitch. And this is the offseason. Like, if you start a brand new staff over, then you got a lot of runway. A lot of draft capital. Rookie quarterback that you probably love. Caleb Williams, Drake May, whoever it is. A lot of runway with the new head coach, new GM, new vision for the franchise. They're trying to put this together as a mash unit behind Eberflus. I just don't think it makes much sense. If you're on hold, wait right there. I'll get to you, but we got to get a break in because I want to get to Mike Renner on time. He's going to be here at 530. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. 
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show we're gonna speak with mike renner in about 10 or 12 minutes bill michaels huddle and mike clemens shortly to follow the conclusion of this show i'll fire up at six o'clock i think mike clemens is gonna stop by live from green bay around 6 30 this team's pretty healthy i think everybody practiced today other than aj Dillon. saw those tweets earlier and it was confirmed zach heilprin and his update back at five o'clock said as much zach is the final word the authority on everything like that appreciate his updates throughout the day Got time to get a couple more calls in here. Two more calls. And then I have a couple things I want to say before we get to Mike Renner. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is John from Chippewa. John in Chippewa. The Eau Claire area, the Chippewa Valley, John, really chiming in tonight. I love this. Yes, me too. I like it. A yeah. um, couple points. I'll make them quick since I know other people are waiting. Um, <clears throat> I would say... I think the Packers have a legitimate shot at beating the Cowboys. Yes. Um, I think two weeks ago, the Lions pretty much beat them outside of that questionable call. Um, we don't got to get in debate about that. But um, I, think the, I think the Cowboys aren't as good as people say they are. I, I know their record says it, but they have shown that they can choke against teams when they're played against correctly. Buffalo crushed them a couple weeks ago. Lions practically beat them two weeks ago. I mean, I, I I think they got a hole in their armor. That that's how I would put it. I think the so I, first of all, I love the optimism from all of you, not just you, but from everyone that's called in and says, I just love the vibes going into this game. Nothing to lose. Packers have had a lot of recent success against the Cowboys. I know that was with Aaron Rodgers, but still, the success has been there over the last decade. I think the one way that this game goes sideways and the Packers really maybe do find themselves in a lot of trouble and down by multiple scores is if they turn the ball over on the first or second possession and the Cowboys have a chance to get out in front. Oh, did I lose you, John? And if the Cowboys have a chance to get out in front run, right? If they have a 10 to nothing lead, if they get up 14 to nothing because Jordan Love has a pass that's batted up into the air and then one of the, the Cowboys secondary players gets a hold of it and the Packers just need to be in this game into the second quarter going into halftime. And I think they can absolutely put up a fight and make this a great game. Like if we can get a great game this Sunday, I'm, I'm happy. I don't think they're going to get blown out of the water. I don't think they're going to get blown out. I know the Packers uh, or the Cowboys rather have played really well at home this year. And they have more 20 plus point wins than any team in recent history. I, I get it. I'm just telling you the vibes, the recent history, the feeling with this matchup. It's, it's good. Is got a lot of confidence. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? It's Piano Man Howe from La Crescent, Minnesota. Piano Man Howe. Ryan, how you doing? Great. I'm doing really good. I'm headed actually to a gig to play uh, some classical and jazz piano in Winona tonight. Uh, yeah, the other side of the river. I know you, you have to be feeling optimistic about this game, right? Yes, very much so. Uh, for those of you who don't remember me, I was the lunatic who said Jordan Love in two years will be better than Patrick Mahomes a few weeks ago after they beat the Chiefs. However, as as, lunat- as loony as that is, 
I'm still going to stand by it. Really? I don't. To, to me, Patrick Mahomes is on a shelf Absolutely. by himself. Like I don't, comp- I don't compare other players to Patrick Mahomes because it's Patrick Mahomes. Like I can't go there. But the last two weeks, he's leveled up. And I didn't, I didn't think we would get that. I thought going into the Vikings game, it's like he's had a solid rookie year. That's great. I'm happy. But he's leveled up both of the last two games, Minnesota and Chicago. Yeah, undeniably. The, the, the way that he's rising up and the way that he, especially, I took note of that 60-yarder, the play to Jaden Reed, Ooh. the long run after the catch. He was supposed to just dump it off to, I believe it was Wicks or Melton that was running a flat route towards the sideline. But then the DBs, the way they were playing the cover two, he manipulated one guy long enough to just fire that dart in the hole. And he's doing all these amazing throws from contorted body angles and, and, and funny arm angles, just like Rogers and Mahomes. I'm, I'm honestly getting sick of the narrative that he can't be as good or better than him because he really can the way he has improved just exponentially over the last few weeks is he there yet no did he throw more touchdowns than rogers yes fewer interceptions yes yeah that's what's wild he throws so many he threw so many picks at utah state his senior year and yep. like it would be one thing if he's if he's putting the ball in harm's way a lot but the last couple of weeks like the it's not like he's been getting away with a lot of bad throws or bad decisions. He just hasn't put the ball in harm's way. He's protecting it. I mean, he's got an 18 touchdown to one interception ratio. Who does that sound like? Aaron Rodgers in his prime. And I don't believe he did that his first season as a quarterback. But but more than anything, I just want to put it in perspective for everybody. Not that my perspective is the end-all, be-all by any means, nor is anyone's, but what a fun season it's been. It's Dude. been so fun to watch this team improve so drastically over the last eight weeks. No matter what happens, what they've done just means the future is so bright. I have no expectations for this game, win or lose. I'm just excited to see what happens. I'm so excited to watch. It's going to look beautiful on the TV screen. This is going to rip. And I agree, Ryan. I appreciate the call. Have a good gig tonight. we got to get to our guest, Mike Renner. Mike's a Packers fan. I wonder, because coming into this year, and Ryan, we had these conversations, uh, a previous caller, coming into the year as Rodgers was on his way out the door, and I'm like, I think this is going to be great. The Packers might suck, but our our fandom has been in a pressure cooker for 10 years now. It's like they're really only going to get to one Super Bowl. That's it? That's all they're going to do? We're not going to get back losing an NFC championship game, losing an NFC championship game, losing an NFC championship game. And every time they lose in the box, it would get worse and worse and worse. It'd be more pressure and more pain. And then the expectations would be even higher. And, and the stakes would be even higher the next year, which means the loss is even more painful, which meant the next year was even more important. It was this vicious circle where the losses got more and more painful. And I think harder and harder for the players and the coaches to bounce back from. And if for no other reason, this year has been fun because I haven't really known what to expect turning on my TV every Sunday. And that's been a blast, especially when the Packers have outplayed, you know, my, my expect, like what I think I'm going to get from the Packers. They've outplayed it a lot more often than not the last couple of weeks. That's, that's, that's pretty fun. It's not just about having no expectations. Like I can have no expectations for a terrible team. It doesn't mean they're fun to watch. This team is so fun because it's different. It's new. They're winning. And we didn't really expect much. We didn't know what they were going to be. And you can't say that really about any year. 
probably post-2010, 2011 with the Packers when we really realized what Rodgers was going to be and what kind of coach McCarthy was for a while and that roster, some of the weapons, especially talk about Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams. God, this year's been a blast. I'm with you, Ryan. Let's take a break. We'll get to Mike Renner, Bill Michaels Huddle coming up in just a little bit. A lot more to come. Five minutes and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Bill Michaels Huddle, about 20 minutes. He's live in Lacrosse this evening. Our friends at Flipside Pub and Grill. So if you're in lacrosse, you're listening on WKTY, get out there. It'll be there 6 to 8. Happy hour goes until 6. So you stop by, get two-for-one taps, rails, house wines until then. And then you can sit down and enjoy the live show. Mike Clemens will have the latest from Green Bay around 6.30. We'll make our picks at 7.30. Bill and I actually had an okay year making picks. But now the games are actually big and important. So that'll probably stop. I'll probably miss just about every pick for Super, not just Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend. Joining us now... The Messenger does some stuff with Locked On, does some stuff with Underdog. It's Mike Renner. Uh, Mike, your tweet about Nick Saban spiritually moved me about how you never thought there would be a moment in your life where you would be around and Saban wasn't coaching Alabama. That's just how I felt about Jimmy Buffett being alive. Uh, I just, I never thought this day would come. So I sympathize with your, uh, your Nick Saban take. No, it's, it's just one of those figures in football where it's almost like a pillar. Like that guy shouldn't not be there. It just, it feels wrong. So I'm not looking forward to seeing Alabama play next year. because It's not going to feel right. Couldn't handle a matchup with Wisconsin. I think I, I know. So you're a Packers fan, but you're a Notre Dame fan as well. You know, I'm here in Madison. I, I don't think you wanted the smoke at Camp Randall. That had to be part of this. No, I think, I think uh, Wisconsin started COVID just so they didn't have to play. Notre Dame, <laughs> okay. So we, sure. back then. we were, we can, we can reverse it the other way. Yeah. So Mike, I, my favorite part, you know, you, you've covered football, you know, you were with pro football focus for a while and I loved your podcast with Austin and it, you're not just a draft guy. So I don't want to minimize you to that, but I think of, of all the things that you do, that's my favorite. Cause you're so good at it. And I am not naturally a draft guy. Like I'm not someone who I never played football. So I don't like watching film, you know, the statistics, the combine, none of that makes sense to me. So what I wanted to do with you is talk about some of these first-year skill position players that are lighting it up for our Packers and go back to maybe what you thought of these guys when you evaluated them coming out of the draft. Like, let's start with Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks. They've been awesome. Do you remember what you thought about them at Michigan State and in Virginia and what you thought when the Packers first selected them back in April? Yeah, so I'll start with Reed, who's obviously drafted higher. I really liked his game. I thought he was like a polished product. I thought he was one of the best route runners in this draft. I just worried about his size, and now Packers kind of went out on a limb for him. I think he was the lightest drafted wide receiver of the sort of Thompson, Gutekunst era there at GM. I think Randall Cobb was prior to that, and he's even lighter than him. So they went out on a limb a little bit out of their sort of type to draft him, but he's he's a guy that plays stronger than his listed weight and always has, staying back to his time at Michigan State and even, I think I believe it was Central Michigan before that. So. Uh, definitely a very talented, or was it Western Michigan? One of those two. Very, very talented wide receiver all around. So I was a fan of his game. I just was wondering what his high end would be because, um, again, I go back to the size. I, I go back to the fact that, you know, multiple years there, the past couple of years of Michigan State wasn't that productive. But yeah. on tape, he looked far better than his production numbers would suggest. So 
obviously now you've seen that as a rookie, he's hit the ground running. I mean, he's looked like their best wide receiver of the past two draft classes, uh, pretty, pretty handily. So that's my take on him. And then Wicks, on the other hand, I just worried about his speed. He was a guy who uh, very much fits the Packers mold. He has the size. I think Packers mold guys that have size and can run slants. And that's Dante again, Wicks to a T. Like he can get off the line of scrimmage, very efficient in his route running. I just worried about his top end speed. Can he be an explosive playmaker? But they're not asking him to. You know, that's what they have Christian Watson for. That's what Jaden Reed can do. He's more of your possession type of wide receiver, but he's very good in that mold. And now why I worried about him as a possession type of wide receiver was he dropped a lot of balls at Virginia. Um, and we've obviously the Packers early on this season, drops were a big problem with Jim Corp, but they've gotten a lot better in recent weeks. So um, I think that's one thing that can be finicky. And hopefully Dontavian Wicks has figured out his drop issues. Why can drops be finicky? Like, how, how do you evaluate a player w- with drops, right? Because, you like, you can look at a quarterback and say, oh, oh, his production dropped off this year because his weapons got worse. Or he switched coordinators or a line. Like, there, there are um, dips in production or issues with players that you can explain away. H- how do you handle drops when you evaluate a player and you're kind of projecting them into the NFL? It's tough, right? I, I said... I thought drops were an issue for Quinn Johnston uh, coming out of TCU, yes. and we saw him as a rookie. And boy, was that the case! <laughs> I mean, like, right? Like, so it's it's a confidence thing. It's does a guy start to build sort of confidence in his hands, um, and then that's not in the back of his head anymore because they can sure. snowball. It's like it can come and go. We've seen it with you know Devonta Adams over the years. James Jones way back in the day had issues with drops in certain seasons, where it's just. Uh, they can come and go. Uh, you, you hopefully, you know, when you have a big enough sample size in college, uh, that's when you feel confident saying guy has great hands, guy has bad hands, you know, vice versa. But it is just something that's difficult to project. You have to almost look at how he catches the ball, the way he attacks the football uh, to get a handle on that. But it's something that can be improved, but it also something that can like get worse if a guy already has some issues with it and spirals down mentally. One of the reasons I was so excited for this year, and again, I'm not a draft guy, so I looked at the Packers draft and was excited, not because I like loved the prospect and the measurables of Reed and, and Wicks and Kraft and Musgrave. I just loved that they made a very conscientious effort to say, we're turning the page at wide receiver and tight end and we're starting over and we're investing and we're building this base because it's something that was probably overdue for a while. So Mercedes Lewis is out. Robert Tunyon is out. We haven't seen a lot of Luke Musgrave because he like injured one of his internal organs, but we've seen a lot of Tucker craft and I guess I don't really know what to do with them. Like Matt LaFleur loves wide receivers and tight ends that can block down the field. Tucker craft has done that. And he's actually been pretty good as a pass catcher too. What have you thought of craft, especially what, you know, relative to what you thought when he was drafted months ago? Yeah, I was honestly surprised. So I remember saying right after the draft uh, that, it wouldn't surprise me if Tucker Kraft started day one and then Luke Musgrave became the better player. Sure. Because I thought he was more NFL ready to produce in the NFL offense. Thought he was the better blocker right away. Thought he was the better route runner. Thought he was a little bit better after the catch. Um, so all those things, I was like, you know, for the for Malifaux's offense, I think he might be the better fit right now. Whereas Musgrave is a high-end athlete, and you see that on his tape, the more explosive guy for sure. But I just saw his route running, his ball skills. They needed some seasoning. He needed to improve in those regards. So Tucker Kraft coming in and out producing Musgrave really hasn't been, like, too surprising for me. I thought he was the guy who was ready. And now it's a good problem to have, having those two guys with just different skill sets and how you can deploy them. So uh, with 
offenses requiring basically at this point in time to be multiple. You can't just statically align an 11 like Aaron Rodgers wanted to do, you know, emulating Peyton Manning back in the day and expect to move the ball in today's NFL consistently. It's just not feasible with modern defenses and how they uh, throw so much at you. So you need different formations, and that's a good sort of thing to have is multiple talented guys there that you can deploy in different ways. Can Rasheed Walker be the left tackle of this team for the next three years? Right. If the, if the draft, let's say, let's say the draft falls in a way where they don't really get a shot at a tackle they really like. Are they cool with Rasheed Walker? I think so. Now, obviously, you'd like to be probably better than it. You know, you know you'd sure. like it to be, you know, two bookend, you know, David Bakhtiari's, right? That's, you know, Bakhtiari and David, or Brian Blogger, right? That's your, that's your dream scenario. That's yeah. how you should always be trying to improve at positions that are that valuable. But I do think Jordan Love is good enough at handling pressure. He's good enough at avoiding, you know, taking negative plays, taking sacks, that sort of thing, that, you know, Aaron Rodgers went 15-1 to with Marshall Newhouse at left tackle. Like, it's feasible <laughs> to play high-end quarterback play behind an offensive line that's not the best offensive line in the NFL. But I, but I do think that should you have an opportunity investing in this offensive line, it's something I'd continue to do. It's something you just want to keep that a strength. And it kind of goes back to what I was going to say about this wide receiving core and why it was so frustrating they haven't addressed it in so long. Is that like They've been good at identifying talent at wide receivers, and they've been good at identifying talent off of the line. So if there's a guy staring you at you in the face in the first round that you like at off the tackle, I think you draft him because the track record's been so strong at both those positions for you know Brian Gutekunst, Ted Thompson, the whole uh, scouting staff. So I thought a couple weeks ago, Let's say coming out of the Panthers game. Let's go back to the, the Panthers game. Jordan Love had to win a shootout, and he did, right? Like, and I thought coming out of the Panthers game on Christmas, okay, I have a good idea of what Jordan Love is as a rookie. I have my mind wrapped around. I, like, I, I could put him in a box. It's like I think I know what he is, and I don't know what he's going to be next year, but but I have an idea of of this season. And then he went into U.S. Bank and did what he did, and I upgraded him a little bit. And then he came out against the Bears and was perfect, other than that fumble. I'm like, man, I, I got to upgrade him again. H- have you been surprised by the last couple weeks? Because I thought, good rookie, solid rookie season. But the last two weeks, he's taken a jump to the point where I, like, we have to raise our opinion of him and our ceiling of him after the last two weeks, right? I have. I, I thought early on this season, you know, I thought he could be a poor man's Matthew Stafford. It's, it's kind of how I saw him as a player. Sure. That, like, you're just going to live with some inaccuracy. You're going to live with some, you know, jump ball dangerous decision-making down the football field. I think he might not be a poor man's Matthew Stafford at this point. I think he has a very good chance of being, you know, Super Bowl caliber Matthew Stafford at this point with what we've seen the past handful of weeks, just because that's the consistency and the tools that he brings to the table now at this point. So, uh, yeah, I'm floored with the progression he's made over the course of the season. And even if you would have, you know, told me week eight of this year i would not have told you that this was even possible this yeah. season i would have thought maybe two years down the line maybe but no very glad to see and uh, you're <laughs> you not have to worry about quarterback for a few years now if you're agreement actually god it feels good can't imagine not being us like i just can't imagine not having this be my football reality i you so know, i've been taking calls for the last hour and a half mike and i i said two weeks ago at the idea of a possible Packers-Cowboys matchup. I'm like, Packers with nothing to lose. 
I honestly love the vibes of the Packers going into Dallas. Yeah, they could beat. I like. I think Dallas is really, really good. I'm, I'm not a jaded Packers fan that that thinks the Cowboys suck and will always. Like, I think it's a really good team, but I kind of love the vibes going into this weekend, and I think this will be an awesome game. What do you think? I, I think it will be too. I, I think Jordan Love, the way he's playing right now, they can put up points. Now, I worry about the other side of the ball a lot more. Uh, can they stop the Cowboys from putting up points? But minimum. I think you'll see it turn into, like you said, a fun game uh, because of the way this Packers offense is clicking right now. Hey, really quickly about the defense, because you mentioned it. A lot of people say that, like, they have elite talent. Like, this should be a top whatever defense. I don't think that. Like, last offseason and this offseason, I thought maybe. But the more I watch some of these guys, it's like, no, these these guys are good. They're not great. They're good to very good. They should be better than they have been in certain moments this year. What do they need to do this offseason, and, and what has been the issue with their defense this year, you think, in certain games especially? They've been really hampered by their secondary. Sure. And, you know, of all the years uh, to play Joe Barry's style of defense, this is the one where they probably should be doing that style of defense. Like, they should be protecting their quarters as much as possible, and that's what they've done. So they definitely need help in the secondary. But I think this defensive front's good enough to – be a top 10 defense, uh, you know, without too much additions on the back end. You, you just need to put them in more of a position to succeed than they really have been doing. So uh, I do think a coordinator change probably will, will happen after the season. All right. I appreciate you, Mike. Enjoy Packers Cowboys this weekend. This is great. You rule. Thanks for your, your thoughts on these young skill position players. And, and thanks for the time. I appreciate you. For, for sure. Grant. Thanks for having me, man. Take it easy. Mike Renner. Take it easy, Mike. And enjoy Packers Cowboys this weekend. Jaden Reed, Jaden Reed is such an interesting pick because he was smaller. He's like, he's slight. The Packers like MVS, Jamon Moore, right? Big statuesque wide receivers with these big frames. Jaden Reed was smaller, but Jaden Reed also fits the stereotype. I guess stereotypes the wrong word. He also fits the, the type or the cast of so many previous wide receivers. They like guys with a ton of college reps, lots of receptions, lots of yards, lots of production. Like the Packers want to see proof of concept for the most part. And Jaden Reed had that in bunches. Like he had nine touchdowns of 20 or more yards over his last two seasons at Michigan state. Like that's ridiculous. There's a lot of proof of concept. He showed for two years at Michigan state. I might be small, but I can do the things I can do. What's asked of me as a wide receiver. So I Jaden Reed is both not a Packers pick and also a, a Packers pick. I love, I love Jaden Reed. Love Dontavian. I, I was watching Virginia Dontavian Wicks highlights the other night in bed before I went to sleep. I'm like, just looking like, I'm so glad these guys are on my team. I love them. I love them a lot. Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, and the tight ends too, but especially these two rookie wide receivers. And what are they? Uh, second, or was Jaden Reed a, a second or a third round pick? He was a second, right? And then Dontavian Wicks in the fifth. Packers are going to have two seconds, two thirds in this draft. Thank you, Rasul Douglas trade. Everyone's going to say that Brian Gutekinds, that was his one misstep this year. But given how the team was playing at the time, I still have no problem with the Rasul Douglas trade. And we're going to get an extra third to use however we want. Let's bulk up that offensive line. Probably the secondary, probably corners and safeties. Packers need an overhaul there. So if we could do in this upcoming draft what they did in the last draft with wide receivers, tight ends, just do that safety corner. Be great. Packers be an awesome team next year. Let's make that our goal. Follow Mike Renner on Twitter. Support his work for supporting us and him coming on here. I appreciate that. He did Bill's show the other day, so he's doing double duty on our network this week. Let's take a three-minute break. Speaking of Bill, 
getting ready to turn things over to the Bill Michaels huddle coming up at 6 o'clock. He's live in Lacrosse, Flipside Pub and Grill, just across from Menards on the north side. Happy hour still going for a couple minutes. You can get two-for-ones, fish tacos, uh, and just listen to some great Packers talk. Mike Clemens going to join him later. We'll do our picks in the second hour of the show. So a lot more to come, not just on the Wisco Sports Show, but the huddle just around the corner. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Fun show tonight. Good mix of calls. I love and I appreciate about all of you that call in. One of my favorite things about taking calls is. We can talk about the Packers and the Cowboys for 10 minutes, take some calls, and we can talk Packers-Cowboys, a little Badgers basketball, a little comment about Aaron Rodgers, have some laughs, back to Packers-Cowboys, right? Bounced around, appreciate Mike Renner coming on. His second hit on our network this week, he did Bill's show Monday, Tuesday, uh, and it's it's cool to talk to people who are very knowledgeable about things you're not knowledgeable about, right? And Mike is one of the best draft people in the business. And I am, I don't know what it is about the way that my brain's wired or maybe there's some connective tissue that I'm missing between college football and between the pros. A lot of people, as soon as football's done, they're like now I can dig into college tape. It's like, that's of all the things that I've had on my list to do <laughs> once the NFL is done, like, oh, now my Sundays are free and my Monday nights and my Thursday night. Now I'm going to watch college tape. Like, no, probably, probably going to have to do some other things on Sundays. I've been skating by being lazy watching football for too long. So it's nice to talk to Mike and, and get his, I, I guess, little bits of analysis that he can remember from when he did draft profiles for Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks. And, and wouldn't you know, the tight end that the Packers have been looking for forever not from Cincinnati, not from Cal, not from, like, I'm trying to think of all, like, Justin Perillo was drafted once upon a time. I can't remember where from. No, it's the guy from Timberlake, South Dakota. Of course. One stoplight in a subway. Ends up playing FCS at SDSU. National champions, by the way. Think of our friend Arif Hassan, who can't stand NDSU, but South Dakota's all right in his book. I feel like I learned something different about that guy. <laughs> Every time we have him on. If you missed a lot of breaking news today, Pete Carroll no longer going to be coaching the Seahawks. Jody Allen, the daughter or sister, I think sister, sister of the late Paul Allen, put out a statement saying Pete Carroll is going to be moved into an advisory role. I'll believe that when it happens, just because I don't think Pete Carroll wants to stop coaching. Now, maybe he can be around coaching. Maybe he can assist and that's enough for him. Um, But I wouldn't be shocked if he's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to explore my options. I want to be a head coach in the NFL still. I still have a lot to give. And a lot to accomplish. So we'll see. Nick Saban then announced about an hour and a half ago now that he's stepping down. He's retiring. Jeez. So we could be losing Harbaugh and Saban in a period of just a couple weeks here, which would be insane. College football. Cowherd and Clout were talking about this yesterday. I love when Joel Clout. Most people, we all love Joel Clout when he goes on Cowherd. I mean, it's some of the best sports media we look forward to every week. It's one of the best interviews. And they're pointing out, This sport, college football is more popular than ever. Imagine if it was functional. Imagine if it was ran well and the schedule made sense and there was a governing body to keep guardrails on this, that, and the other thing. Like, college football has been more popular than ever. Now is going to lose Saban, might lose Harbaugh, and guess what? It's still going to kick ass next year. 
And I'm to the point now where I've accepted the 12-team playoff. Because because what other choice do I have? It, it's become clear that none of these players give a damn about any bowls that aren't a playoff bowl. So, okay. I guess we don't have a choice. Make them all playoff games. We cater to the 19, 20-year-olds because what they say has to go. I'm becoming such an old man in 2024. I guess if they don't care about games that aren't playoff games, I guess we got to make them all playoff games. Player empowerment. It's great. More more player empowerment, the better. <laughs> Phil Michael Suttle, he's live at Flipside and the North Side of Lacrosse. Coming up in just a few, Mike, Mike Clemens to join us. We'll hear from inside the locker room and we'll make our picks for Super Wildcard Weekend as well. Bill Michael Suttle next. Rest of you, I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4.